Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those that like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joe Milmine, and coming up in today's show, we have Enablers Corner, where we talk mostly about what to do when your wardrobe malfunctions. We have a giveaway, some news, and the return of the sock surgery with Claire Devine. Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. I hope you've all been well since the last time I spoke to you. Today is Wednesday the 11th of March and a little later than previously advertised we have the return of our sock surgery segment. How's it going? Have you all been fine? It's all getting very exciting. Edinburgh Yarn Festival is looming on the horizon. I'll be going for gin on Friday night to celebrate my birthday, which is next week. And I'll be off on the train early doors Friday morning from a rather wet and rainy Elgin as it is at the moment and very windy. So you may indeed hear the house creaking a little. Down to Edinburgh uh, to get involved in all things yarny. There's lots of good stuff going to be going on at Edinburgh Yarn Festival and we will be taking great efforts to make sure that those of you that can't attend will be able to get a little bit of a feel of the festival through the medium of my podcast at least. I'm intending to do a full rundown of all the cool stuff. I've got a very exciting interview lined up uh, amongst a lot of other things including the sock surgery drop-in session with Claire Devine and Kate Reed, and we'll be there on the Saturday in the podcast lounge. For anyone that has any sock knitting issues who want to come and get a little bit of help or have a bit of time out, just sit down with us and chill. Um, or they're a little bit stuck on their current work in progress, you can bring that along and um, and we'll see if we can help you out. On the Sunday, we'll have the Enterprise Enabling Session for all you budding entrepreneurs or wooltrepreneurs, yarntrepreneurs, if you will. You can come along and ask any questions about setting up your own business and all things really to do with business support and marketing and what what have you really the whole gamut and I'll be there just to to chat to you all about that that'll be more of a facilitation type workshop session I will also be on the p-hop stall on Sunday pennies per hour of pleasure and between 11 and 12 so if you don't get a chance to say hello at any of the other things come along to p-hop spend your hard-earned cash on some lovely patterns um for charity and uh, get a new a new pattern to work on with all of your new yarn that you're probably going to buy. Now I had big plans for my wardrobe for Edinburgh Yarn Festival that I talked about quite a few episodes ago now. I had grand plans for all of these garments and different things that were going to be knitted in time and somewhat unsurprisingly because it is me after all they're not finished. A lot of the stuff that I wanted to knit is not finished. So this week in the Enablers Corner, my plan is to discuss what to do when you have a wardrobe malfunction. How do you recover from not finishing your knitting in time? How do you ensure that you still portray a classy and stylish exterior to all of your nitty peeps when your work in progress is still on the needles at home? So that's what we'll be talking about in Enablers Corner because as you'd expect from me, there's a slight amount of enabling um, to be done to alleviate the problem, shall we say. 
So get yourself a nice cup of rooibos because it's a cold wintry day here and rooibos is definitely the way forward when it's that kind of weather and we'll crack on with the show. So Enablers Corner this week, as I've just mentioned, I have had a slight wardrobe malfunction and when these sort of things happen, I think it's important not to dwell on the fact that I could have had a nice cosy owl's jumper and the weather would have been almost treble figures if I had finished it on time. It would have been far too hot to wear. So I'm actually doing everyone else a favour by not having finished my owl's jumper. And instead I thought I would come come up with some ideas to how, how to resolve your problems. We're all about solving problems on the podcast, not creating them. So our problem is that we've not finished our knitting in time to wear it to Edinburgh Yarn Festival. And now we're having a wardrobe malfunction. So I've come up with five top ways and then Joe's cheat way of how to overcome knitty wardrobe malfunctions. Number one. Accessorise, accessorise, accessorise. This is a great opportunity for you to show off your signature pieces that you already own. So instead of having a knitted garment to wear, you plan the rest of your outfit to be very plain, very pared back. And for that to be the canvas for your signature statement shawl or cowl, and you can let your knitwear do the talking. Now I heartily, at this point, will endorse the idea that you need to wear as much knitwear as possible if you're not going to wear a garment. So if you want to wear wristies and you want to wear a cowl and a hat, maybe some little leg warmers as well, crack on, why not? Get your socks out and make sure you plan your shoes so that you can see your socks. Mary Janes are great for this. Um, You can get see-through wellies and see-through boots these days that will allow you to show off your uh, hand-knitted beauty socks. And feel free to go a little bit mental, really, with the accessories so that you still feel that you've got your knit on without um, having to go the full nine yards and have an entire garment. Number two. You can go shop-bought. Mass-produced is not ideal. But if you choose the piece carefully, then it can be okay. Like I have a a jumper that came from Autograph, Marks and Spencers, and everyone always asks me what pattern it is. It looks like it's hand-knitted, but it isn't. So by shop-bought, I mean go and find something that is quite interesting, it's quite unusual, it's a bit more than your standard plain V-neck jumper. Um, maybe something that's this is, is quite a lacy jumper in terms of it's just eyelet lace but it's, it's very geometric looking eyelet lace and it's in a dark grey sort of sea cell blend um, kind of linen-y looking uh, as well which means you can get away with the fact that you're not you haven't knit it yourself because it looks like you have so if you pick the pieces carefully and there are a lot of these around at the moment then you can make it look like you've done your homework but you've not so by that i mean steer clear of the acrylics so supermarket ones are probably not your friend maybe invest a little bit more and go for your marks and spencers sort of level if you're going to go more budget or obviously the sky's the limit if you want to go and buy something really amazing and but steer clear of the acrylics and try and pick a, a yarn um that's a little bit unusual 
because nobody's going to go and buy acrylic and knit an acrylic v-neck to wear to a festival so that everyone will know it's shop bought if you want to kind of give the impression it's not then you need to go for something slightly more unusual and then of course you accessorize it up the yin yang with all of your other hand knits that you've got lying around number three you could dispense with the knitwear and big up another genre this is a tactic that I intend to employ over the weekend. And what you can do is you can add some accessories that are handmade by someone else. So you could buy some handmade, hand-sewn clothes from Etsy. Probably not now this minute because it's not going to be here in time. But there are lots of shops in Edinburgh that do vintage, that do handmade stuff. Uh, you could go and have a little shop on Friday and see what you can come up with. What you could also do is accessorise with something that is woven, for instance. So I decided to partake in a small accident of retail therapy and purchase two hand-dyed, hand-woven silk scarves by Dorothy Stewart, who is down in Dumfries in Scotland. One of these was for my mum because it is mother's day here at the weekend in the uk as well so if you're going to swan off to edinburgh drink gin have loads of yarny fun roll back in on monday afternoon you have to make sure that there's a suitable offering for your mother if if they're the ones at home minding the children and dogs on your behalf so i got two beautiful hand woven hand dyed silk 100 percent silk scarves there's nothing that quite makes a statement like than that sort of accessory really. So again, nice plain, not too much going on clothing, and then your statement piece in in terms of an accessory that's from from another genre and is still handmade, so you still get that that effect. Number four, you could have a look around for someone who's doing a sample sale. Quite often. Uh, the knitwear companies and, and yarn shops will sell samples. Once they've finished with them, they'll sell them on. So this is a brilliant way for you to get your hand-knitted wardrobe without having to hand-knit it yourself uh, and probably at a reasonable price too. Clearly, employing a sample knitter would be the preferable option. You could have it custom-fitted. They'll do the hard work for you. Um, but even the fastest sample knitter is not going to be able to knock out a, a cable tunic for you by the weekend. So consider a sample sale. Number five, knit something mega chunky. This clearly has an element of seasonality to it. You are not going to knit something mega chunky in the middle of summer for Unwind Brighton, for instance. However, it is March. We are in Scotland. This could this could feasibly work. A perfect example would be Oligan for that garment effect without the garment work. Knit on 9mm needles, two strands of chunky held together. You could probably have it done by the weekend if you dedicate yourself. Um, you could do something like arm knitting, which I've never tried, but a lot of people are quite into. Knit yourself a big kind of infinity scarf type affair with arm knitting. That's going to be quite quick. A chunky hat perhaps and that you know you're looking at maybe four to five hours work for that so that would be another way to expand your wardrobe and overcome the malfunction when you're at this point before a yarn festival now I always like to have a caveat to all of this a lot of these 
ways to overcome the malfunction will involve some kind of expenditure on your part and any kind of expenditure on your part that is unplanned and I'm assuming it's going to be unplanned because we plan to have our wardrobe ready is going to incur some expense and that expense will then be deducted from your available yarn and gin budget not always a good thing when you're going to visit the greatest yarn department store in the world in Edinburgh at the weekend so I recommend finding your kindest most lovely fastest knitting friend and asking to borrow one of their garments I suggest Louise Tilbrook's a good option she's got loads of knitted stuff because she's dead fast find someone who's about your size who likes to knit and ask them please may you borrow theirs they could borrow one of your items and it'd be like you've knitted something new and it's taking you no time at all friends love to share clothes and none of us really do it anymore because we're all too old and boring but when you're a teenager you swap clothes all the time it's a great solution so there you have an enablers corner uh, my five plus one ways to overcome wardrobe malfunctions for yarn festivals if you have any top tips for the what people should do if they find themselves in this predicament then please get in touch and let us know it would be great to hear from you So I did say we had a giveaway for you and this episode the giveaway is sponsored by the most lovely and wonderful Edinburgh's vintage indie yarn queen, keeper of beautiful hair and effortless 50s glamour Jessica James of Ginger's Hand Dyed which is the hand dyed range at Ginger Twist Studio in Edinburgh. And she has very kindly sent to me a skein of her flumps chunky yarn in the colourway Little Cat Feet. My claim to fame is that I named this yarn flumps, um, mostly due to the uh, obsession I have with marshmallows. And um, so she decided to call it flumps, so I'm quite pleased with that. This is a 100% superwash merino yarn and it comes in at 100 metres for 100 grams and the recommended retail price for it is £16.50. It is a lovely blue toned grey uh, colourway and it'd be brilliant for a nice smooshy squishy hat um, to keep your little noggin, keep the heat warm. Uh, in the winter months it would also be great for making um, items such as a baby blanket or other other items that need a high squish factor then this could be the perfect yarn for you so in order to enter the giveaway for this skein of yarn I would like you to pop over to the Ravelry group and if you could put in the giveaway thread please which colour of flumps chunky um, you would knit a hat in if you had the choice from uh, Jess's range then uh, you'll be in with a chance of winning the skein of yarn it is in the colourway little cat feet so unfortunately you won't get the colour you ask for you'll get little cat feet but this is a beautiful colourway very classic understated really allows the um, the yarn to come through it'd be brilliant for cabled patterns etc because it will show up all of the uh, the detail and the definition in the stitches so as I said pop over to uh, the group on Ravelry and let me know which colour of Flumps Chunky is your favourite to enter the competition 
and a huge thanks to Jess at Ginger Twist Studio for sending us that yarn to uh, give away. It's certainly something that I'll be looking to enhance and flump up the stash with. So if you want to uh, go and have a look at the rest of her offerings, then you can find her over at www.gingertwiststudios.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes for you. So the return of the sock surgery is nigh and we've also started our new sock for this month. So the topic that we're going to be discussing with Claire and Kate today is about finishing and caring for your socks once they're finished and that sort of ties up the end of the kind of January to February month segment. There is a plan to have some audio from uh, Edinburgh Yarn Festival from the sock surgery potentially uh, depending on the quality of the audio uh, for the next episode um, but essentially uh, we've now moved on from our, our top down heel flap sock and we're doing a toe up sock. Kate is knitting her sock in uh, West Yorkshire Studios signature four ply and um, that has been very very kindly donated to us by Fluff. Fluff is Dundee's premier yarnery and one of my favourite places on earth. It is run by the absolutely lovely Leona and she is definitely someone you need to make an excuse to go to Dundee and visit her shop. She now is uh, in the process of moving all of her yarns to be available online as well and you can buy uh, West Yorkshire uh, Spinners Signature 4 Ply from her. It's on the website now and I will put a link to that in the show notes. We'll also be giving um, giving away a set of, of this yarn to make a pair of socks with as well. Again, courtesy of Fluff in Dundee. And their website is www.fluff.co.uk and that is spelt F-L-U-P-H. So Kate is knitting the Planum socks, which is one of Claire's designs that she's scaled up to be an adult size now. And it is a toe-up sock. It's nice, plain, vanilla, nothing too crazy. Uh, certainly not as crazy as the uh, Tarsi socks, which she has done and finished. If you haven't seen them on Instagram, I'll put some pictures in the show notes for you. They look amazing. They are really, really good. And um, we're actually going to be doing some kits uh, with the Tarsi pattern and uh, project bags and stuff because we've had so many people asking us about the yarn so they'll be available in the next couple of weeks I'll let you know when they are but in the meantime we've gone to something slightly more commercial West Yorkshire Spinners is really affordable yarn it's spun in Yorkshire they come in beautiful colours Kate is using um, a blue colourway basically so nice nice and kind of plain very rich blue it's gonna. It's already making beautiful socks. She might even be on a second sock already. I think she's a bit. She's a bit good. So, um, without further ado, I think we had better move on to the actual meat of the section and uh, see what Claire and Kate have to say about finishing and caring for your socks. Okay, so I am joined by an in no way out of control, Kate and Claire, for another wonderful episode of The Sock Surgery, and today we're going to be talking about finishing your socks. 
Brooks. Welcome to the show, Claire and Kate. Hello. Hello. Brilliant. Kate, do you want to kick us off with your question about finishing? Yes. Claire, I'm really excited. I finished my sock and grafted it off. But um, can I put them on straight away and just start wearing them? Or is there something else I need to do or anything before I actually start wearing or anything that can help me get the most out of them? Well, I suppose if you're in Scotland, I would advocate putting your socks on immediately <laughs> because your feet might fall off from frostbite. It's so cold. Um, summer is coming at some point, I'm sure. Well, I suppose you could put them on straight away and you could wear them. But I would always advocate for a nice gentle soak and a little bit of a block. And I know people might think I'm a little bit crazy supposing that people block their socks. But I think they get a nice finish. And blocking allows all those stitches just to have a little bit of a relax and it will improve the look of the socks. So I often think if people are a little unhappy with the decreases in their gussets or the way the stitch pattern is lying, you'll be surprised at how much blocking can actually fix those, those little bits that you're, you're uncertain about. So you certainly don't need to block your socks in the same way as you would block a shawl with the same sort of amount of care and attention to detail. I always soak my socks in um, Euclid, mainly because it smells scrummy and lovely. And then I squeeze out the water gently in a towel and then I lie them flat to block. Um, sometimes I put them on sock blockers, depending, and those are um, sort of a, a wonderful tool. Though be careful not to sock, sock blocker the cuff too much, which I have been known to do once and realised that I'd really stretch the cuff because you want the, the ribbing on the cuff to, to stay nice and stretchy. And, um, and then they're ready to wear. Now, I'm going to say something that I think a lot of people might disagree with. And I don't always practice this myself because obviously I don't have all the hours in the day to sit around hand washing my socks. But I do think that even if you are using superwash socks or socks with nylon, um, sock yarn with nylon that's superwash, that I would advocate hand washing your socks as much as you can. Because I think even the best superwash wool in the world doesn't really like being rough and tumbled in the washing machine. It certainly doesn't like being rough and tumbled in the washing machine with your um, jeans. Is that police? Are the police coming for you, Joe? Uh, that's at mine, actually. Are those police coming for you? They're Kate? on the way to Gosport. <laughs> there is only one Gosport. policeman. It's my friend's brother. <laughs> um. So, yes, so before we were so rudely interrupted by the police, um, I was saying maybe they're coming to get me with a, with a straight jacket for proposing that people hand wash their socks. But I definitely think that your yarn will last longer, your socks will last longer, and there is less chance of them felting um, if you hand wash them. And I know people will probably recoil in horror, but I think... Sometimes it's worth treating them a little kinder than you might do your multi-pack of socks that you bought at the supermarket. So although you can, it's more about whether or not you should. Yes, I think you can. And, and I certainly wash my socks in the washing machine sometimes. And um, my lovely husband washes my non-superwash socks in the washing machine sometimes too. <laughs> but we won't talk about that. He's trying to be air. helpful, I'm sure. Mm, he was very helpful. And... Um, but I think that they last longer and I can certainly tell that the socks that I have maybe taken more time and care 
probably the complicated cookie A ones that I don't want to throw in the washing machine because they took me about half of my life to knit, or it felt like it at the time, um, are in much better nick than the ones that I just chuck into the washing machine. So there you have it. Claire, Candle. do you, do you yeah. dry your socks on blockers every time you wash them? No, I don't. No. Um, I mainly use sock blockers for sock uh, for socking. It's a bit strange. <laughs> I mainly use sock blockers um, for drying my socks when I want them to look really good. So I suppose I have socks that I sort of wear to stop my feet from falling off from the freezing cold because it is cold in Edinburgh. And yes, I do moan a lot about the winter because I'm from the very far south. Um, but if I want them to look pretty or if they've got a pretty pattern or some cabling or their samples, then I put them on sock blockers. But I do just wash and dry my socks that I wear on a daily basis normally because they kind of go on my feet and then they go into big clumpy walking shoes that I mm. parade edinburgh in so um yeah would be a bit of a waste of time to block them all beautifully i suppose that, that i was gonna say i suppose the other aspect is um like i have a pair uh, my first of a pair of socks in right i call it regia 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 whatever and um, regia sounds posher so i'm sticking with that and um and that is the the german 10-year guarantee amazing sock yarn and I always wash those in the washer and they still look as good as the day that I made them. But I wouldn't dream of washing my hand-dyed socks in the washer because obviously with it being hand-dyed as well, the colours will go far, far faster if you machine wash them, even yeah. if it's capable of being machine washed. Yeah. So you're thinking about what kind of detergent you're using. If you're hand-washing, it's probably something for delicates. Absolutely. So yeah, I suppose that's a good analogy. And, and I'm not proposing that everyone hand washes everything all the time. But I do think that just because it says superwash does not mean you can put it in with your bio yeah. washing powder and your jeans and expect them to come out looking like they did when they went in. Save them up and do them all at once, I suppose. Exactly. It's not such a chore. Put them in the bath. Exactly. <laughs> do a bath full in one go. Bath full of yeah. socks. How many pairs of knitted socks do you have? Uh, three, but I've heard people say they do that. <laughs> Joe, Joe's wishful thinking. Kate, at the end of this year of socks, Joe will have a bath. If that had been Claire's suggestion, then maybe. Sounds like she has a day for every a pair for every day of the week. Well, I didn't count all the ones that are kind of half made, though. <laughs> then it'd be worth putting them in the bath. No, if you've got a lot of hand knits to wash in one go, then it's quite good. You can start with the light yeah. colours and go all the way through to the dark colours. Or the really saturated ones, and it doesn't cost you as much in soak wash. Although I would would recommend doing the socks after garments, just in case it gets a bit stinky. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. And I know that the Knitmore girls um, always advocate it's a great activity with small children. I, in all honesty, don't have the patience to wash socks with my small child because I'm mean and I don't want her to be wet and thin cold. Sorry, the theme is cold here at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> but I think if you're patient and a, a nice patient mommy, then maybe that's a, a great activity. Or if you live somewhere warmer and they can splosh about in the water outside, apparently um, they do sock washing and, and yarn washing as a family activity. So um, there you go. And I suppose it teaches young children about cleaning their clothes. There you go. I'm not really very good at parenting advice. I'll stick to socks. 
We don't really do parenting advice on this podcast. I tend to leave that within the realms of other people who are clearly more learned than I am. I just thought I'm giving the worst. I just, yeah, I'm just going to stick to socks. Basically, my advice on children is don't ask me. My advice on socks is look after them because they're wonderful. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, if it makes you feel better, I do not do sock washing with my child. I don't think agitating my hand knits is the way forward. <laughs> or indeed agitating myself. So... <laughs> I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. I hope you've all enjoyed the episode and I'll speak to you all again soon. Happy crafting, have a great week. Bye! You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their yarn, knitting, and comedy in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact, you can do so via the blog where you can find full show notes every week at www.shinybees.com. I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and Pinterest. Or you can contact me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. 